If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 5. We've been on this series going through the Gospel of John. If you don't have a Bible, you can download our app, Grace Capital Church, on your app, favorite app store. And you can find the Bible under the More section under the app. And you can find John chapter 5. As you know, at Grace Capital Church, our, our focus is getting ready to meet Jesus face to face. We do that by reaching the lost, caring, uh, caring for the least, and training the found. Some of the most successful people have learned that it's important not just to ask questions, but to ask the right question. Questions are good, but if you're not asking the right question, you're not going to actually then get the answer that you need to put your direction in the right place or move you in the right place or find the answers that you're really needing to look for. So what are, what are the most important questions in life? Today, we're going to actually talk about what I believe is possibly one of the most important questions you can ask. It's not, um, the question is this, it's not what is your purpose? I know that's a great question we like to ask. Why do we exist? Another great question, but neither of those questions are um, the right question that, in my mind. Jesus asked a lot of questions. If you go through and, and see Jesus' interactions, he asks a lot of questions. Because the question evokes an answer that then puts somebody's life on course. So what questions do we need to be asking that puts our life on the right course that helps us get ready to meet Jesus face to face? By the way, I, I want to encourage you to know that, that every one of us will be meeting Jesus face to face at some point. And we, we are told that we are going to be given rewards when we do that. He's going to look at our life and then he's going to give us rewards based on how we lived our life here on this earth. And, uh, and so I think it's important. Anybody want some of those rewards? I think, we, I think all of us do, right? He says, um, everything that we do, every good deed, every good um, response to him, there, there is a reward stored for us in heaven. Well, in John chapter 5, Jesus asks a really good question, but then he helps us to understand the question that we need to ask. Kind of like I did last week, I'm not going to go verse by verse um, in, in John chapter 5. I'm going to highlight a few verses, but let me just tell you what goes on here. So Jesus is meeting a, goes into this pool of Bethesda. This pool was uh, a pool that was well known that they thought that there was an angel that would go in this pool and stir up the waters. And when the angel would stir up the waters, the people, lame, blind, deaf, paralyzed, would go into the waters. And the first one in would be healed. Well, Jesus comes upon this pool of Bethesda. And he comes across a, a paralyzed guy who's been paralyzed for 38 years. And Jesus asks his first very important question. The question is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Why does Jesus ask that question? Why doesn't he just heal the guy? I think the, remember, the right questions evokes the right response and puts somebody in a trajectory to receive what it is the question is asking. And, and so he says, do you want to be healed? And, 
He says, you know, there's nobody here to get me into the pool to be healed. You know, everybody's rushing in before I get in. And Jesus says, pick up your mat uh, and walk and, and you are uh, you're healed. Get up, take your bed and walk. It says in verse chapter six, sorry, verse six, chapter five, verse six. Well, remember the religious guys didn't like Jesus uh, a lot because he always seemed to be doing things that were outside the norm of the religious guys. And if you find yourself getting um, too religious or set in your, in your ways, you've got to be thinking of like, wait a second, it, can God work outside the box? Can Jesus work outside the box? And, and here it is, the religious guys were really upset at Jesus because he healed a man on the Sabbath, the day of rest. And the man picked up his mat and started walking home. And it's like, why are you carrying a mat? First of all, I would think they should, they were asking the wrong question, by the way, right? They're saying, why are you carrying your mat? They should be asking, like, how are you walking? How are you walking? The question is so important for us. And I think we can go through life not asking the right questions and, and we find that our life doesn't get to the trajectory that we need to because we're not asking the right question. So here he goes. The, the religious guys are asking the wrong question. They get mad at Jesus. They are looking at, like, how are we going to get rid of this guy because he's causing us a lot of problems. And then Jesus begins to talk to, about how he's equal with God. If we look at verse um, 18, so the interesting part is Jesus, when he came, this is so important that you know this, that, that Jesus, when he came to earth, he was, yes, fully God, but he functioned as a man. Why that it's important? Because sometimes we read about Jesus and says, oh, that's God. Or, or like he was just functioning that. But do you realize that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead resides in you who gave your life to Jesus, right? That same spirit. And so the same spirit is able to do all the things that Jesus did. Well, well wait a second. Where do, you, where do you find that? You look into the gospel of Mark, at the very end, the Great Commission, and this is what it says. Mark says this, if I can get to it. These are Jesus' words. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. I'm not recommending that. I mean, if God inspires you to do that, but... Um, and they drink deadly poison, also not suggesting that. Kids, if you're listening to that... There's a reason mom and dad put things on your drawers where there's deadly poison. Don't do it like testing God. Do not do that. Disclaimer. Okay. And uh, drink, da, 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 poison. Okay. And it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus says that we, followers of Jesus, will be able to do those things. I don't know what you think about that. But, but it's important to realize, that I think sometimes we say, well, Jesus healed that man in the pool of Bethesda. Next question I think we need to ask, though, is why did Jesus only heal that one person when they said here that they was, the pool was surrounded by people, deaf, blind, waiting to be healed. But Jesus didn't heal everybody. Why? Think about that. 
why didn't Jesus heal everybody? We'll find out here in a moment. And I think it's really important for us to realize in Jesus's humanity, he heals one person, but not everybody. Okay, so then we're going to go. Here's the two verses I want us to focus on. John chapter 5, verse 19. If you're taking notes, 519 and John chapter 5, verse 30. Verse 30. John chapter 19 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Who's the Father? Father is God, right? Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, he says, how do we pray? Our Father in heaven. So he is is not talking about this deity so far away that he's disconnected from humanity. He's realizing that when we talk to our Father, when we have a relationship with our Father in heaven, and that's for those who have given your life to Jesus... That's what allows us to have a relationship with our Father. He says, he does nothing on his own accord, but whatever he sees the Father doing. Interesting. Jesus is walking the earth, and he's saying he is only doing what he sees the Father doing. So this brings us to the point of, I believe, one of the most important questions that we should be asking. You ready for it? Father... What are you doing? Father, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? I believe if we do this often and frequently, that it will be, it's the right question to allow us to align ourselves to what God is doing and invites us into his story of redemption. God, what are you doing? Now, I already know your mind is swirling around and saying, well, how am I supposed to know what God's doing? Well, there's a way you can find out how, what God's doing. That's called his Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. The Holy Spirit will not allow you to keep guessing, but we need to train our spiritual eyes and ears to hear what God is saying and, and to see what God is doing. So here Jesus says, truly I say to you, that the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. So, the pool of Bethesda, God obviously was doing something in that man's life. And God was using that man for some reason. And Jesus responded to healing of that one person, but not everyone, because God was doing something. Now, I also know we've all had the questions like, we've prayed for that person to be healed, right? We know that God does a supernatural. We believe that God can miraculously heal. And then some people don't get healed. Why? I don't have the answer why, but I do know that God's good. I do know that God is, has a perfect plan. And, and I believe that we should believe and that we should have faith. But at the same token, we have to trust that when God's timing is in a, such a way that we can come align, alignment with that. When somebody passes away, by the way, who haven't, has not been healed, our hearts go out to... Um, Oh, my word. Shelly Goslin, thank you. And, you know, Shelly lost her life. Um, last week, 
she was young, in her 50s, with cancer. Shelly used to stand on this stage, sing worship with us, right? And we prayed, and she was on our prayer ministry, and, and she was part of praying for peoples for healing. And, and yet God, for whatever reason, chose not to heal Shelly of cancer. But God is capable. But what we do need to know, and if Rob is watching this or um, uh, Shelly's husband, our hearts go out with you. And um, we just continue to pray for your family, and we know we'll celebrate Shelley's life on Saturday. But, but we have to understand that our complete healing, see, we see so limited. We see in such a short amount of time, but God sees eternity. And now Shelley, amongst others that we've lost this year, are in heaven, fully healed, fully alive, right? And rejoicing, right? No more sickness, no more pain. And we take comfort in that, and, and yet we almost like blame God because he didn't bring healing in this world the way that we saw fit. And this is why we have to always come alignment to say, God, what are you doing? Ask the question. You have to ask the right question. God, what are you doing? Because if you don't ask that question, then you're going to say, you start demanding, God, I want you to do X, Y, Z. Or you start living your life saying, what's my purpose? And it's about you. How should I be living my life? What should I be doing for a career? What should I be doing in school? What should I be doing, right? Or it's about you. And it's really not about what God's doing. So we should be asking the question is, God, what are you doing? There's a scripture that says to be praying without ceasing. Do you remember that scripture? You can look it up. I don't remember where it is. It just kind of came to me right now. But, but when it says praying without ceasing... I do believe it's really just that. It's a mindfulness of saying, God, what are you doing? The right question. You have to ask the right question. God, what are you doing? And then you, you walk into environments with that question. Now you're prepared to say, you're coming into alignment to realize that, does God need to bring healing to somebody? Does God need to bring salvation to somebody? Do I need to um, be mindful of my reaction, my, what's going on the inside of me? God, what are you doing right now? And now we're joining God in his story, his, his story that is revealing something, redeeming something, and we get to participate. Now, the other side of this is, I don't want you to leave here and saying, I don't hear, I don't see, I don't know what God's doing, rewards are in heaven, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm mit, missing the mark or hitting the mark or what, and now you're feeling anxious and you're feeling like you're a failure, <laughs> But, but I want to let you know that, that it's a growing and, and it's a learning experience to know how to hear God's voice. And here's the thing. God is faithful. If it's not you that responds to what he's doing, he's going to find somebody. But I want you to get the reward. I don't want somebody else to get the reward. I want you to get the reward. I want you to feel like the sense of, of purpose that we've, you've joined God in what he is doing in and through you and around you. What an awesome privilege. So we'll get there. How do we hear and see? So verse, verse 30, though, says this. Verse 30. Again, he says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him, the Father who sent me. So now he's saying, now I, I can't do anything on my own. I can't judge. By the way, Jesus is the ultimate judge. We're all going to stand before him face to face. He's going to judge the nations. He's going to judge us. 
Um, not in a demeaning way. Our lives will create the own, our, our own narrative of judgment. But here Jesus is saying, but I only do what I hear the Father doing. Remember, this is Jesus, yes, but he is functioning in his humanity at this point. So that's like you and I. We would all agree that we are to model our lives after Jesus, correct? You can shake your head on that one. Yes, yes, we do. We need to model our lives after Jesus. And, and in doing so, we realize that, yes, he's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's our Savior. But as he walked the earth, he walked the earth as a man. And the things that Jesus did modeled for us how we should be living our life. And so here we go. He's saying, I, only, I, can only do, I can't do anything on my own, only what I hear... See, I think this is why those people, when the Bible says that, that, people, um, that people did all these great things in Jesus' name, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because we can do a lot of things in our own strength and, and put a Christianese on it and put a little Christian bow tie on it and feel good about ourselves. And he's going to say, wait a second, I, I didn't ask you to do that. Couple things. For those of you who are overachievers, who just want to like do, 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 this should set you free to realize that you should have limits in your... It's not about how much good you can do. It's how much good you're doing while you're listening to what the God is saying to do, right? It's about listening to his spirit and saying, I'm going to do that because the spirit is saying yes. Not just do, 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 do. Now, for those of you who are doing nothing, which is nobody here because you are all following Jesus... But it maybe should motivate us to say, maybe God's including me and wanting me to participate in something that he's doing in the world today. That's kind of cool, isn't it? That God could use us to, to, do, to do some sort of redeeming work in and through us. It could be healing. It could be simply just coming alongside and, and realizing somebody, you just kind of sense that somebody's really discouraged and you're sensing that, like, you know what? I just want to come along and get, offer encouragement. See, the, the gifts of the um, Spirit and fruit of the Spirit, mainly the gifts of the Spirit, are there to build up people. To build them up. By the way, uh, anything that is tearing something down or apart, uh, like tearing a person down, is not of God. It's always to build somebody up. If you are saying something that is offering discouragement to them, the person who's receiving that, by the way, you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> we want to encourage. God is about building you up, redeeming, restoring, renewing. That's who God is. Okay, so how do we see in here? I know that's the question, right? So asking the right question, God, what are you doing? Praying without ceasing. You should be saying that multiple times throughout the day. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? And then asking, can I, can I join you in that, in that story of what you're unfolding? So, how do you see and how do you hear? I think the first part is asking the right question. You're a long ways on your journey by just asking the question, God, what are you doing? It is creating, is beginning to create a spiritual awareness for you that begins to say you want to be prepared and in tune to be ready to respond if God is saying something to you. He's working in a situation. Number one. Number two, you want to train your ears, your spiritual ears, by reading the scripture. Because God will never say anything that contradicts his scripture. Because I know sometimes we all have thoughts, right? We have thoughts, and then the question is, is that my thought, or is that a God thought? 
Or is that the enemy planting a thought in my mind? You know, or am I just coming up with something? And I would just say the more that you're in God's, in the Bible, in the scripture, you're going to start hearing what he sounds like because he never contradicts his own word. And he speaks oftentimes by using scripture to drop some encouragement in your heart. All right, and then here we go. First, ask the question, ask the right question. Number two, train your ears by reading the scripture and then train your spiritual eyes by learning to be quiet. We're so busy, we're so busy. One of the greatest gifts that our Emotionally Healthy Relationships course does is a part of it is learning to be quiet, just quiet, not praying to God, just be quiet, allowing him to speak to you for two minutes, three times a day, two minutes, three times a day. That simple discipline begins to allow you to hear the still, small voice. Jesus went away early in the morning without the distractions, so I believe that he could get his instructions for the day. Imagine if we lived that way. Imagine if we lived that way. I want to encourage you from John chapter 5 that that Jesus is inviting you to participate in, in his redemption of this world. It's in your family. It's in your schools. Young people up here, I want you to ask that same question. I could walk over here now. I want you to ask that same question. When you go to school, ask the question, God, what are you doing? Because God is moving and he's working. When you're going to work, you're going to ask the question, God, what are you doing? Multiple times, praying without ceasing. And then you attune your spiritual ears and eyes because you've already done the work of being in God's word. You've spent quiet time. And now you can respond to be invited into this amazing story that Jesus is writing. And he's going to invite you to participate. And by the way, when you participate and you follow in obedience to that, you're storing up yourselves treasures in heaven. That Jesus says that when we meet him face to face, that we will be given a storehouse of treasures based on how we've responded to the opportunities around us. All right, John, I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Are we ready to like just close up and wrap it up? All right. I think I am. So what is God speaking to you? What has he been speaking to your heart? Because the Spirit of God is alive here today, and he's moving and he's stirring, and he's asking something in a response to you. It might be a scripture. It might mean just simply, I got to read John chapter 5 again. I didn't, I just kind of need to do that. Or I might just say, you know what? It's important to ask the right question. I've never asked that question because I didn't think God wanted to use me. I just thought God put the universe in order and all of a sudden I'm just like, life just happens. I didn't realize that God wants to use me to be his hands and feet in this redemption story. Maybe it's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I want to at least try first thing in the morning being quiet before God. Not asking about a bunch of things, but just being quiet and saying, God, speak to my heart. Maybe it's like, it really is like, I know we talk about being in God's word, but I just really, where do I start? What do I do? Just start in the book of John. Start training your spiritual ears. But I will just encourage you that if you ask that simple question of God, what are you doing? 
Father, what are you doing? And then realize it's not in your own strength. The Spirit of God, if, you, if you're a believer. Now, I do want to say this. If you never asked Jesus into your life, you can ask that question all day long and you're not going to hear anything because it's the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you that will speak to you. So it's really important that you acknowledge that you need Jesus in your life, that you come and realize that saying, Holy Spirit, we're actually saying, God, Jesus, I, I acknowledge what you've done on the cross. You've taken my sin. I want to be, make a right relationship with you, Father, by, by receiving Jesus into my life. And in that moment, his Holy Spirit comes and fills you. And that's what's going to allow your spiritual life, your spiritual ears to open up to be able to hear. So for those of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'll just leave you in a simple prayer. And that's your first step. The rest of you, you've heard what the Spirit of God has already quickened to your heart of what you need to do this week. The Spirit of God has given you that instruction. Lord, we are grateful that you continue to instruct us by your word. Jesus, I just ask that you would um, give us the boldness. I think some of you might be afraid to ask that question. Ask the right question because it's going to put us into a trajectory of life that can feel uncertain. What's he going to ask? What's he going to invite me to do? Father, what are you doing? Father, what are you doing? Give us the courage to respond to that. Spiritual eyes and ears opened. And Lord Jesus, if there's anybody here today that has said, you know what? Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's been never. That you just take a moment and invite Jesus into your life. Jesus, I need you. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I invite you to come into my life, your Holy Spirit to come into my life. Thank you for taking my guilt, my shame, by taking all of my sin on that cross. And I can come to you with boldness and confidence that you love me, I'm forgiven. And Lord, I walk in repentance, meaning I don't want to keep following my own ways. I want to follow your ways, Jesus. Thank you for going not only to the cross, but you rose from the grave, conquering death, knowing that you are the Savior, you're the Son of God. Even though you walk this earth as a man, you are, you are sitting at the right hand of the Father right now as our Savior. The only way to heaven is through you, Jesus. And we receive you in our lives. Jesus, give us that courage and boldness to ask the question, to walk out with, um, with obedience to what you're speaking to us and with confidence. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.